name is BJ Council. I view the world through the lens of having been followed by a white clerk as a child while shopping in a five and dime. I'm a retired police executive and own UN50, which gives guidance on surviving interactions with police. I'm Harmony Chavis, and I view the world through the lens of one of the most misunderstood and diverse generations in our nation's history. I'm a social worker and a believer of radical kindness and love as modalities of healing. My name is Andrew Council. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never-ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how. All right, so welcome back, folks. This is our last podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving and had time with their family. Uh, this is you and 5 For those of you that don't know, we are from Durham, the Bull City in North Carolina. Uh, UN50 is a business where we go around teaching individuals how to safely interact with law enforcement. Well, we talk about a little, little bit of everything. And um, so this is our last podcast for the year. And so we're going to kind of be reminiscing a little bit about what we talked about and what we usually do. Well, this is the second time we've done this, but we're going to bring I'm going to have my folks that support you five oh come forth and talk to us about, you know, why they support my business and why they support you five oh. But also I want them to talk about their business. Um, I have a lot of folks that people some folks know, some folks don't know that people are behind the scene that. Help me be you and 5-0 and get the message out. And um, so we're going to get a chance to introduce them to you and also let you know what kind of work they do in case you might need their service. So how you doing, Andrew? I'm doing very well. Everything's going good. Blessed. Breathing. All the, you know, the, the major vitals are fine. <laughs> That's always a good thing. So, uh, like I said, what we're going to do is just kind of go over some of the, just think about some of the things or topics that we talked about. Our, our first topic when we started was, actually I started with Harmony, uh, and it was just Harmony and I, because Andrew couldn't make it. We called it was reimagining policing as to whether or not, you know, what that could look like from compassion and humanity. And I still believe that that's possible. Over the course of the conversations we've had, talking to individuals in education and policing, uh, one we had with uh, retired police chief Tony Godwin, he actually used the word progressive, you know, and and I kind of took me by surprise that you use the word progressive in the same sentence when you talk about police chiefs. Um, so that to me means that at least for, for me that that's probably reimagining policing through compassion and, um, right. and humanity. What do you think, Andrew? I think that's it. I, I had a chance to um, go back and listen to some, so I would appreciate like the conversation that you all were able to have. And I think the word progressive is interesting to think about when thinking about, I guess, like where policing has come from um, um, and its origin. Then you, okay, then you can say, okay, yeah, that's it's progressive. You can kind of agree with that. And I think it's very subjective to different parts of the world and different parts of the U.S. in general, um, and I can speak on like my experiences with police officers um, just in general. And I think being able to see it um, with my own eyes, I've, I've seen a change in some places and I've seen it um, degrade in some areas as well, too. So I think there's it's progressive, but I think there's work still to be done for us to do as individuals. 
Yeah, I think it, it is a lot. And, and the other thing that we had on here was uh, Glenda Beard, who was my mentor um, back in uh, earlier in the part of the year. And she was one of the first black females to join the Durham Police Department. And because of her opening the door, uh, allowed me to come in and, and, and do some things as well, too. So I think when we talk about reimagining policing, it I think it also we have to realize that she opened a door for the rest of us to come in and, and you know other black black bodies did that as well for us right. to follow behind. But we also now that we're part of the system, we can also help the individuals that are coming behind us. Because now we've been in the system. And so we know how the system works. You know what I'm saying? So right. so we 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 can look at it from being there early on, understanding how the system works, she opened the door and now it's time for us to help share some of that information, which could possibly lead to reimagining policing. Right. That's a great movie theme. I think that's, isn't um, a movie head, but I like that idea. Just, but I enjoy talking to her. I enjoy listening to her talk. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I do too. And I, and I owe her a lot and as do a lot of continuing folks that are entering law enforcement still also kind of think earlier this year, I think it was or either last, maybe it was last year um, in New York, first black female to be the head of the patrol or something like that. And I just thought it was kind of interesting that we're still having first black something in 20 or 2021, that, that those things are still happening. But I guess the, the silver lining is at least they're happening, you know? Right. So, um, and then the other thing that I also like, we had Mr. Uh, Principal John Williams from Phoenix Academy. And I like the title of that one, too. And it also kind of fills into what we've been talking about, um, that he one of the things is that they aren't problem children. They're children with problems. And that kind of falls into being compassionate and humanity that people, you know, is, there's nothing wrong with the children. We just got to figure out how to help them because they, they have issues. So. I, I kind of like, I, mean, I think we kind of stayed a little bit on the theme. What do you think? I think yeah, I think so too. And I think um, we talk about this a lot too, about how sometimes our perceptions of police um, are subsequent to uh, maybe the actions that um, we have going on. Our brains, like I think you mentioned to me before about if, if we figure out how to, you know, solve, you know, common problems or things or disagreements where you don't have to call the police for, but you call the police for um, and I think that um, starting with kids and having them understand their mentals and breaking down their things, there, there's a lot of developmental things that happen at that age. So that can carry on to you being 30 and 40 years old, but so making that change. Um, and I think that's exactly what he's doing at his school is making sure that um, children understand how prudent this time in their lives is um, and to be able to, to spread that ideology to us um, and to others who are listening that, you know, there aren't, you know, children who are just doing things for no reason. There's a, a background behind the things that they do. Exactly. And I think that, that you know, kind of folds right into, you know, our last podcast that we had uh, reference Alternative to Violence Project. You know, it, it's the learning how to resolve problems. Uh, I think they use the term, of the, there's always an opportunity to resolve conflict without violence. Um, and and just you know, still piling on what you just said about the fact, you know, we 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 teach kids early how to resolve their conflict, uh, then the world's going to be a better place. So so 
yeah. So all of that is a is a path toward reimagining policing and also more compassionate humanity. And then we had, uh, the, and this is uh, just before that when we had uh, Ms. McNair on from the Durham Crisis Response Center, and that was the most downloaded show we've had on on this podcast. Within 42, 72 hours, close to 50 people had downloaded that. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure it's not anything that I did, but it's just probably the networking uh, for individuals who work in that um, field of working with people who are victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. I'm really happy about, about you know, if, if I were to choose a podcast to have, to have been downloaded the most, that would have been the one. And I'm just yeah. so happy about that. I agree. That one was, I enjoyed that one a lot too, because she gave me a lot of insight that I had no idea, um, into, into a world that I had no idea about. Um, and I would always see it on TV. And I always used to say like, that was something that I did. I could not see myself doing. And I still agree with that same theory. I, I don't see myself doing that. That's, that's a lot of stress. And not only stress, but just thinking about how, like, I think when she was talking about how when she goes home, like she doesn't watch the news or anything because she lives that through a day-to-day so I think that was a good understanding of how policing relates to that um and how like she the people who serve in her role serve as like the the middle ground between I guess like citizens and those who need the police so I think it was good to understand like her point of view and to be able to share that I guess like and I think one of the reasons like you said why that was the most viewed one or the most listened to one because um like you said people were able to empathize with her and understand um, what she was going through. And I think there's a lot of people who like who need that support. Yeah, the fact that she was willing to expose, you know, her personal, you know, trauma. Um, right. was such a And I think she mentioned, too, that she had not even, a lot of her, you know, co-workers and colleagues weren't even aware of her, her trauma. So the fact that she did that. So, yeah, I'm, I, I was real excited about that. So one of the things that, you know, so that was just kind of a recap you know, hopefully. Uh, oh, the other thing that we did real quick was that we we redid the uh, reposted defund policing. Um, that exercise that we did in 2020, we felt like that was something that needed to, you know people to come back to. And if, if you're interested in listening to that, and, and the reason I wanted to kind of put that back out there was just it just kind of gives people, especially those folks out there who are working toward police reform and reimagining policing, uh, just to have an idea of what defunding looks like, how to, how to get involved with that, and just from a different perspective. Um, so I think what I want to try next year, you know, we're still going to be doing the podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll stay on the schedule that we are, but what we're going to try to do, I think uh, listening this going back to uh, my friend, Tony Godwin, uh, we're going to try to look at um, up and coming police officers. Um, you know, people want reform. And so my opinion is that the leadership and the folks that are going to make the change in law enforcement are on the street today. They're, they're the 21 year olds. They're the, they're the ones that were 10 years old when Rodney King happened. Um, they're, they're the ones that were, that were 15 and 17 years old when Eric Garner, um, happen and Michael Brown 16 years old and they are becoming police officers so um, I think 
what they have lived, if they still want to be a police officer, having come up doing those names, I think the future is good because that I believe that they're going to be looking at it through the lens of how to make it better. Right. You think? I agree with that as well. Absolutely. Um, I think like something that we can do going into the next show, like you said, is looking at the different, um, I guess like different aspects of how people, different people look at policing um, and different, different facets. Like something that I was thinking about would be, I think it would be cool for next year would be to, um, I guess not just because I work in media, but I think it, media has a, a large impact on how the community sees police in general. Um, Cause they may not always, depending on the source they may not always show the good things that police are doing. They're showing the bad or vice versa. They may not show all the bad. They're just showing the good. Um, so I think yeah. maybe talking to someone in who, who I guess, like, helps in some way publicize the content and media that goes out about police. Because um, mm-hmm. that, to me, greatly contributes to the view that we have um, of who they are, what their purpose is on this planet um, as an occupation. Um, and how, I guess, like, what can we do to kind of, I guess, like, not not really warp the view that we have, but I guess to balance it out to to not take it with a grain of salt, but to see things as they are um, and as police are. You know what? That's actually really good. I, I saw something about the discussion about policing and the media, and I think that's a good that's a good suggestion. I'm definitely going to be I'll get Crystal uh, to help me do that. But I, but it is. I mean, it's it's how the media does these these incidents not that they don't need to be reported um but i think i mentioned before on a show uh, talking about michael brown the department of justice did a, you know did a full-blown investigation interviewed over 100 people and you know it's the witnesses said you know he never had his hands up right but uh, mainstream media didn't go back and put that in there i mean there were comments about you know, some folks, you know, the, that he was aggressive toward the officer. And I mean, it was just a different perspective. So, yeah, um, I think that's a good idea. But, yeah, how the media plays into how folks view law enforcement in this moment and they're not taking anything away from how they view law enforcement. But, you know, what role is it that the, that the media plays? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Thank you very much. So, so you you may end up having to help find someone that might want to come in and give us that perspective because that'd be really cool. I like that. I think it should be. It should be. Not saying it should be hard, easy to do, but I think there's a lot of. Um, I don't know even if we get some quotes to just kind of ask different questions about what maybe their point of view on how the media contributes to whether we see things. Um, I think it makes a, a large impact. Yeah, cool. And then the other part that I'm thinking about doing, too, is I've, I've met some very young officers and they love it. I mean, they're 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 committed, they're compassionate. And uh, so I want to meet them and bring them on the show because I want people to understand the lead, some of the leadership in some organizations, not all of them, may be a little slow on making this turn toward reimagining but what I want people to understand there are officers young officers that are going to be the leaders of these organizations in a matter of years in a few years and we need and I want people to understand it's coming it may may be a little slow especially if we still have some folks that are hesitant to make this turn I want them to realize that there are some young officers you know officer millennial officer gen z and officer future I mean they're there and they're coming and uh, they get it, especially with them having grown up 
Um, like I said, you know, they were some of them were 10 years old and 16 years old doing Trayvon and Michael Brown, and now they're still stepping into this profession. Yeah. I think so. I think you're, and because you're, you're what, Gen, what are you, Gen Z? Yes. <laughs> you're, Gen, you're Gen Z. I mean, you have a whole different philosophy and outlook. You know, you, you've come, you, you, you guys, at least in my old boomer eyes, you guys look through the lens of life with compassion. And as you've said, and I've heard other Gen Z folks, I'm not here to work, you know, work harder. I'm here to work smarter. You know, I'm not, I'm not really looking to, you know, that the only thing I'm looking forward to is retirement. I, mean, I want to live my life. And I think that's what, you know, these young officers may also bring to the table that, you know, they want to live their lives. They want to make other people's life happy or better. And I think that's something that, that can happen. So we're going to be trying to do, do some of that um, next year. Um, and just kind of look through the lens of you know, the future of law enforcement and still kind of touching on some of the things that we've talked about, you know, mental health and, and those types of things. So, yeah, I think um, I was going to add to what you said as well, too. I think something that I've noticed about people who, who I guess, abide, not abide by it, but um, are in my generation or around my age, kind of not, not some, not all, because some all of us don't do this. <laughs> some of us do um but have the mentality of the occupation that i want to i would want to go into um i would like to do that position and be that person that i needed when i was younger so for example the the officers who are my age like they have the so some of them some of them have the the mentality and say let me i want to be the police officer that i needed when i was younger um so so be that right. for, for the community for someone and so um not only compassion but um kindness and Starting and understanding that they have to be very intentional about what they do um, in the occupation that they serve because it's a public service um, position. So a lot of people have that mentality. Not now, not all, but I do think that <laughs> gener generally I, I, I had that view about what I do for a living. I think a lot of people do around my age. I think not just my age, but that specifically just because I can speak on what I um, have an affinity towards. I like that. But you're right. I mean, it may not be everybody, but I think it's going to be enough folks that are interested to, you know, to make that change because they, they definitely came up in this in this moment. So, yeah. So that's kind of hopefully, you know, you guys are listening as you get ready to go into the to the holidays and, and will join us in 2022. Just a little bit of what I'm thinking about about doing. Not sure we're going to be as often. Uh, for 2022, but uh, we definitely want to be speaking specifically about, you know, the, the way toward compassionate and more humanity and the fact that reimagining policing can happen uh, with people who, who are in the right mindset, I think. Um, all right. So what we're going to do now, we're going to have some of my people that you don't usually see. Uh, as part of UN50 who give me the support. They're going to have them come on and join us and talk to us. They're going to tell you about, I'm going to introduce them to you, um, and, uh, what they do for me. And hopefully if you decide that you need some assistance in the expertise or in the field that they are in, uh, that you can reach out and, and connect with them. So... My two, uh, right now I have two, two folks that wait on my, one of my other co-hosts to come on, Harmony, and I have Christopher Downey and Abby Bradovich, and we're going to just kind of 
in the year out talking about what they do and how they support you and 5 why they support you and 5 uh, We're going to just, um, I'm going to start in the order of who I've met, and it's going to be Chris. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there because I babysat Chris back in the day when I was at North Carolina Central University. His mother was, because uh, I started out as a sociology major, his mother was an administrative assistant in that department. And um, great woman. Would love to see her, Chris. I would love to see her. Well, maybe one day. Yeah, she was just really sweet. So that that was just like, so that's how I met Chris. And then we found each other in a grocery store. We ran into each other in a grocery store. So Chris, so Chris is my uh, producer for the podcast. Um, so Chris, tell us a little bit about Digital Downey. Downey Digital, but thank you though. <laughs> so Downey I knew Digital, I was gonna get. I knew I was I gonna know, get that I wrong. I knew I was gonna get because I always get it wrong. But you, you know, I'm old. So tell us a little bit about uh, what I want you guys to do is just talk about your business. You start your business, and and if, like I said, if anybody needs your service, I want them to run through you and Five O, and then we're gonna talk. Then after you do that, just why you? Because these individuals are working with me. You don't get to see them. You probably see their work, obviously, because he produces you in 5.0. Abby is my design and marketing. Your social media, it's all her. And I have Crystal Roberts, who's been with me from the very beginning. She's my public relations and media consult. So, but, you know, why that you're, because I'll just go, these individuals are just as passionate about UN50 as I am. And I think that's hard to find. Uh, you know, you have consultants that work with you and, you know, it's like do the work consultant, but these individuals have mm -hmm. taken on uh, UN50 and, and it means a lot to me. So Chris, go ahead and talk about your business and then why you decide to hang out with DJ. <laughs> well, Downey, Downey Digital is my company. I am the sole proprietor and it is a, a company uh, dedicated to uh, producing digital content long form, short form, uh, campaign material for marketing companies. Uh, it's a business to business normally in terms of clients that I work with. Um, I've been in television for 20 plus years in operations. So that kind of is the background in communications. Um, wow. but, but this is a more, for me, this is a more personal thing, even though it is business. You know, typically what I've found out is that any, anyone that wants to sit down in front of a microphone and press record and play, it's because whatever it is they want to say, they want to help other people. That's always been across the board, every time that I have, whatever it is they're talking about is because they want to help other people. No one starts a podcast and sits down and decides to convey information or enlighten people, update them without wanting to help other people. And that's kind of why I do it is to help other people achieve whatever mission or mission that they have uh, to an audience or to, to kind of grow an audience. Um, that's the in general, but, but and with yours, in your case, with UN5, I think my connection with it is that I think that the mission that you have taken on is valuable, BJ. I think that, um, you know, saving lives is always a valuable mission, especially when, when there are alternatives in terms of how someone can react in a situation with law enforcement. And you have the, the double edge of having been in law enforcement and you're also just a citizen. 
And so you have a background of relatedness with that and can and kind of give people, you know, an advantage. That's what people need. We need to hear from you. I think people need to hear this, you know. And that's that's kind of why I work with you guys and I have a passion project with you guys. Everybody is, I'm not like that with every single client, but you know, <laughs> plus I, I I already knew you. I know you were a good person. And you know, that's we go way back. So that's kind of my spill on that. And then, you know, the team you surrounded yourself with, with Harmony, Andrew, Abby, and Crystal, I mean, these are good, loving people, man. You know? Yeah, and I appreciate that. It's good energy. You're absolutely right. It's good energy. And, and I, right. Good yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was good energy, and I, and I really appreciate it. And Harmony just sent me a text. My other co-host, she's not going to be able to make it. She's, you know, she's making that dollar bill. So, I got uh, Yeah, so I ain't mad at him. So uh, shout out to Harmony. Sorry, he couldn't make it on the last podcast. So Abby, uh, actually, Harmony introduced me to Abby, uh, but I also think it's the universe because... You know, <laughs> she has just been uh, just an amazing uh, asset to, to what to what I do, because I, I have no idea what she does. I just know she does a really good job <laughs> at it. Uh, and especially when it comes to a, a boomer who has no idea about social media and what to say and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, the thing about Abby uh, that has made me just fall in love with her work and her her personal her personality is that she took on you and five of my passion within a, less than six months she knew my passion and she basically I tell her all the time she speaks fluent you and five um, and that that means a lot as a business to, to have somebody that basically can speak my language and speak it with the passion and the tone that I know and I, I like. So thank you very much for that, Abby. So go, so let's hear about your business and, and uh, what you do. And then, you know, what is it that keeps you here with UN5O? Um, I guess I don't have, so I don't have like an official business yet, but I work freelance. Um, I am going to be building my business over the next couple of months and launching that next year. Um, more officially online. It's, I always find it funny because I'm online for everybody else and not for myself. <laughs> right. <we> right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the car mechanic and walk, rise around in a broken car, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I do um, graphic and web design, social media, marketing, um, and branding. So I work with a lot of small businesses, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, most of them at this point are kind of in North Carolina, but I work with some in Texas and Washington where I used to live. Um, but most of my clients, yeah, like I said, they're small businesses. And what I really enjoy, especially is working with companies that have like a mission that I align with, especially when they're community focused. Um, and obviously that ties in really well with you, BJ. Um, you're all about the community and that like that aligns with what is important to me. Um, and then I guess like what else I enjoy is I've heard so much, uh, so many of your presentations and listening to the podcast and stuff. So like for me speaking for you comes naturally after hearing that so many times and like hearing how you respond to people and like understanding both where they're coming from and where you're coming from, because obviously I don't have this lived experience. So for me, it's like, it's really important to get to see that part of things in order for me to then translate it online in content and through the voice of 
you basically. Um, and like, and your, your passion and commitment to this work is so palpable and infectious that it's like really easy to just like jump on board and <laughs> follow along. Like it's not hard for me to be a part of this. And your type anus is like the perfect <laughs> thing for me, BJ. <laughs> I don't ever have to remind you of things. So many other entrepreneurs, I have to like remind them to send me stuff or like get on top of them to do things that I never have to do that work. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Thank you. And and saying back at you, because I appreciate your type heinous too. So it's a love fest when it comes to that. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think the, the part that I want people to kind of to hear is that, you know, she talks about the fact she does small businesses and she looks for the business that resonates with her. And, and, and that... I think that means a lot, especially for those of us who are small, because I'm it. I mean, I'm, I'm the business uh, and to have someone like that and have a team like I have. Um, it's, it's just it's, it's a blessing and it's very humbling um, to have that kind of energy around around me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Abby, for everything that you do. And Chris, too. Yeah. And the other person is Crystal Roberts public relations and media person. Uh, she's been with, been with me since the first ink with, on UN50 when we started back in 20, started a discussion of UN50 in 2014. She and uh, Jackie Fountain and April Brown and Jackie's husband, we were all sitting around a table uh, at, in their home and Jackie and Rob's home to, to actually start this. And um, she has been with me literally since the word go for you in 5 um, and, and it's been a lot. She and I have known each other for a while. She was, she worked with the Durham Police Department as a public relations uh, person there. And that's how we met. And then she came back into my world uh, recently and um, I'm just excited to ha have her with me uh, as a spiritual sister. Uh, and um, she's crazy as crap, Ola, you know. And then it's also nice to have another old person <laughs> up, up here with me as well, too. <laughs> yeah. So Crystal knows knows the ins and out of UN50, and she's the person that pushes me out to the rest of the community. So, Crystal, you want to talk about Mountaintop and uh, why you keep hanging out with me in UN50? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as BJ said, we've been together a long time and, yeah. um, and just hit it off from the very beginning. And the reason is because, you know, just her spirit and her soul and her heart for doing good, right, is what resonated. Um, and she's fun and crazy, too. Um, <laughs> um, but, and also, you know, you talk about type A, I'm kind of the opposite, so... <laughs> So yeah, I, love you are. I love that, you know, because I like being around smart people and people who are high achievers because it helps me. Right. <laughs> Set the example. Set the example. But also I am committed to ensuring through Mountaintop and just through my work, you know, just how I walk through life. Um, I'm committed to ensuring that um, that people are served 
And that's what BJ is all about. So, you know, she didn't have to beg or ask, you know, it's like, where do I need to be and when? And tell me, you know, if, if you tell me I need to be there at 11, I'm going to put it down for 10 because, you know. Always doing something, you yeah. know, trying to do two and three things at one time. But Mountaintop is um, basically, um, I started it early in the late 1990s um, as a kind of an aside, an avocation, if you will, because I've always worked full time. Um, and I got it from, you know, James Baldwin's Go Tell It on the Mountain. And that's what we do in PR. Now, you know, PR failed because I'm the only one without a UN50 backdrop. Um, so I'm not marketing very well. So either I did not read, reading is fundamental, or I didn't listen or something, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> but back behind me are the people that we help, you know, they're, you know, cause I got my children back here. So, you know, we help. <laughs> the, right. This represents the folks that we, that we, um, you know, that we work for. But at any rate, um, that I started Mountaintop so that I could, you know, do the work, the strategic communications work all the time because I kind of live, eat and breathe it. I love it. Um, so, you know, it's it's not full time for me, but I give my clients my full time. If, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, I work, you know, during the day. And then, you know, if there are times that my clients need me during the day, I say, you know, here's when I can, when I can be all yours. And then I'm working into the night or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's, that's Mountaintop. It's just, it's a boutique PR firm um, that, you know, provides assistance to our clients in, strategic communications, communications that yield results and that, you know, really um, make sure to make sure that people take action. You know, we want results. We want fruits from the labor. Um, and in order for that to happen, you have to have the right clients. So BJ is my blue chip. I mean, really, and truly, she's the, you know, she is the pinnacle of what a, a client that um, who runs a business that is truly committed to service, servant leadership. So I'm just proud and, and privileged to, to be a part of it. And when I was able to come back, I, you know, I thought the universe does love me. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, yes, it does. That's, that's mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be kind of a BJ love fest, but thank you very much as like we go into the holidays. I really appreciate that. <laughs> we love you, BJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. Uh, so thank you all for that. I, I really appreciate And I want, want folks to know if you, if you need any of these individuals that I, I can't say enough about them. Um, my, they, they all make me, like I said, I'm it there. There's, I'm the business, but they make me feel like I'm a corporation and that's how I move through the space because I've got that kind of foundation. I've got that kind of support. So, um, I appreciate everything that everybody's doing and helping uh, with me. Uh, Andrew, what, what, you got anything? I don't, I'm not using you yet though. What kind of business you got? I know, I know Abby's, oh yeah, you're, you're, uh, 
I haven't hired you, but I know Abby's been kind of mentoring you on, on the side a little bit. We only talked once, but <laughs> I keep him in mind all the time. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do something similar to Abby, but um, it's like, I'm not the pro. Abby's the pro. So go to Abby. Um, <laughs> but I'm learning. I'm learning as I have time to learn. But um. I don't have, I have a, it's similar, just like you said, helping um, startups um, with their marketing and um, their acquisition um, in regard to like bringing customers in. Um, I've helped a few customers similar to Abby that are local. Um, and I have one that's out of California that I just helped through. Uh, she's a family friend of a friend. Um, but <laughs> gotta start somewhere. This, yeah, gotta start somewhere. <laughs> that's how it starts. Yeah, that's how it starts. Yep, yep. And, and you know, and, and the fact that that we're all small businesses, I think that's also another unique thing. But we're all small businesses, and we're all working together. You know, we're complementing each other. I hopefully, you know, I'm doing something for for all of them. Uh, if they need something from me, as far as testimony and all that kind of stuff, but we're four, four or five business small business persons in one space, and um, I think that means that that says a lot. I think I think that says a lot that we're all here. So um, just want to get ready to close out um, and thank my team. I'm looking forward to 2022. I hope those of you that have been with us for 2021 will join us again in 2022. Um, we'll you know, keep talking about the stuff that we need to talk about. And uh, we'll, if anybody has any suggestions about ideas or conversations, please just, just let us know. Um, and, and if any of these individuals, PR, graphic design, and podcast communications, and all those folks, if, I would suggest you call U and Five O because I got the crew for you. So they'll, they'll definitely be here to help you out. So as always, uh, thanks for joining us in the Happy New Year, Merry Christmas to all, to all of you because this is our last podcast for the year. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. And as always, stay safe, stay well, peace. <laughs>